Hi everyone, Dan Duva here, radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Golden Knights. The gang is back together for SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D-Hotel. Rookie camp behind us, NHL training camp straight ahead, and right in the middle of Max Pacioretty's arrival in Vegas. We hear directly from the newest Golden Knight, and the crew talks all aspects of the big trade with Montreal. The pieces, how it happened, the background, and of course, how Pacioretty fits with his new team. Lots of questions in the mailbag. We answer your Twitter submissions, topics ranging from the Pacioretty trade, other possible moves, Nate Schmidt's suspension, Shea Theodore's contract status, how the lineup might look, and reaction to rookie camp. Who were the standouts? Who might crack the big club's roster? We also have a special visit from owner of the D, Derek Stevens. It's SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. And now, here's Dave. All right, Dan Duva. I tell you, it's been a while since we've heard that from you. That was just wonderful. That's fantastic. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yes, the Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Hashtag SLGND, coming to you from the D Hotel, but our brand new digs here, table for four, corner booth, nice cozy corner booth for us here at uh, the great uh, restaurant Andiamo here at the D Hotel. So, uh, you know, last year we were out on Fremont Street, and that, you know, that was that was interesting to say the least. An experience now, it was. Yes. Now we bring it indoors. More intimate. I- intimate settings, and uh, here we are. Uh, our first podcast from Andiamo, so uh, literally a round table. A round table is yes, our fantastic round setup. table discussion. This is awesome. So, um, not much going on with the Golden Knights <laughs> in a quiet few days, and yeah. the enormous news, Shane, of, of Max Pacioretty. You know, we did a couple of uh, all of us were involved in the rookie games. We did the first two, uh, and after the second one on Sunday night, um, you know, we were asked, "Hey, uh, stick around. We're, we're going to have to do a Facebook Live situation here because uh, there's been a pretty significant trade." And uh, sure enough, they trade for one of the more uh, prolific wingers and goal scorers in the NHL, Max Pacioretty, who got to town earlier today on Wednesday for the first time as a member of the Golden Knights. It's not often a player like that you're able to add to your team. There just isn't. This is a guy that's a consistent performer, a consistent elite goal scorer in the league. Uh, I think Gary even talked about he's bigger than you think. He's strong. He can skate. He's fast. not only that, just the whole trade. Because I remember when the first one, everybody's like, "Oh, they got to rent a player." This is not well. George McPhee, as he later said, "No, he, deal wasn't happening unless there was an extension." They gave up Tomas Tatar, you know, a second round pick that was actually from Columbus. Nick Suzuki's the big piece. To be honest, he's a good young player, but that was also a pick they got from Columbus in the first round. So um, that said, you got to give to get, and they certainly got. I, I think it's a great deal for the Golden Knights. It really makes. It, it rounds out. It adds so much to this team in all areas. He's not only a guy who can score goals and consistently scores 30. He had an offseason last year, injuries on a bad team. But, you know, prior to that, you can pretty mark him up for 30 goals. But he can play. He can penalty kill. He can be out there to defend the lead. Uh, he was a captain. He's got leadership qualities. And you add to that, he wanted to be here. And he has chemistry with Stash. There's just all the things that's plus play. If you're checking a box... It's all pluses. It's all pros. I think this is great. Now it's just a matter of uh, let's see what happens here. This team is they're much, much deeper when you add that much power up front. I've had a number of general managers tell me over the years that the danger of signing a player in free agency is you never know what you're getting until you actually, it's like you buy a car. You never know what that car is really like until you own it and you drive it for 20,000 miles. Then you then you know the, the things that are good and bad about it. Well, the thing I love about this deal for the Golden Knights, Von Karpin, director of player personnel for the Golden Knights, he drafted Max Pacioretty. He was working for the Montreal Canadiens. His job was to scout all of the U.S. and part of Western Canada. Times have changed. <laughs> That's about <laughs> five scouts get that territory now. But that was a big, that was Vaughn's job. And Vaughn, you know, scouted Pacioretty and he promoted him and said, we should draft this player. And they did. Gerard Gallant coached him for a number of years. And it would have been interesting, Shane. Michelle Terrian was the head coach there. 
And Michelle Therrien was the guy that began this rift between the organization in Montreal and Max Pacioretty. He said he was. He made some comments about him not being fit to be a captain, and uh, and on and on. That's where it started. Well, Gerard Gallant would have been an assistant coach, so you can imagine. And Shane can really address this for us. When the head coach is running a guy real hard, your most important player, your leading scorer, someone's got to pick up well, the, the pieces. Assistant coach job, absolutely. That's Gerard they're, Gallant. That's so the, the divide. That's what they're. You know, assistant coach's job. And they can be frustrated, but part of the assistant is the head coach's job is he's there to challenge players. A lot of times it's the assistant's job to pick those guys up, piece them together, talk to them. And Gerard Gallant, we know this. He he want he wanted Max Pacioretty. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he? he? Has a great relationship with him. He knows him inside and out. What better way to have a know a player? than to be there day in and day out, not only the games, but the practices, to see the details, the intricacies that this player has. And I think that that's another thing that they, they so, have some a gain on. Patrick spoke earlier today, and he was not going to say anything bad about Montreal. But no. when you read between the lines, the good things that he said about Vegas... That 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 to me was what the most the most telling comment, and the most telling comment of all was he said, "I trust Gerard Gallant a hundred percent," and that for me I was like, "Well, he's leaving a situation, and he's not going to say it where he had lost trust. He didn't trust the people there anymore, and now he's coming to a place where I trust Gerard Gallant a hundred percent." And you know, he said, "He said Gerard can be hard on you." He goes, "But he's hard on you in the right way." It just the, all of what Pacioretty said today, and then I, I will relay a little story. I got to the office at uh, my usual time around eight oh five. You guys are still asleep, but uh, no, I was uh, actually working out. And well, I came in right at nine o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> that's a I rolled shock. in at ten fifteen. Yes. Maybe ten. Anyways, yeah, either way. Yeah, I, I got there right at eight o'clock, and we as heard. I pulled into the parking spot, I was getting out of my car. And I look up, and there's a guy walking along the sidewalk behind City National Arena, and it's Max Pacioretty. And I go, hey, Max. And he's, Gary. And he was so excited. I'm just the schlub, the media guy, right? One of the the content guys. And he was so excited to see me, had his hand out, a big handshake, great smile. And then he just talked about, he he, he told a story. He, well, he's going to tell it later on in the, in the program because Dan and I caught up with him, but he, he couldn't sleep. He got yeah. in late last night, sl- checked into the Red Rock Hotel across the street from City National Arena, tried to lay down, couldn't sleep. He was so excited to get to a captain's practice and to meet his new teammates and uh, just all of these things we've seen from him today. It's uh, uh, I happen to think, and we'll get into this a little bit deeper as we go on, he has never played with a center iceman like Paul Stastny. David DeHarnay. Not who, in the NHL. Not in the NHL. David DeHarnay has been his, you know, the, the, the player he played with most consistently throughout his time in Montreal. And uh, no disrespect to David DeHarnay, he's not Paul Stastny. This is, there is a chemistry between Stastny, who is uh, maybe he's not an elite center, but he's. Certainly uh, in your very second tier. Well, he was the most coveted free agent center right behind John and Tavares. There you go. That's exactly what Pacioretty said at the press conference earlier today. And he was asked, you know, okay, we know both Pacioretty and Stastny have been on the same Team USA clubs. The question was, how often have you been line mates? How well do you guys know each other? What's your chemistry like? And Pacioretty was almost giddy. He says, well... We were always line mates, and we've known each other a long time, and our wives know each other, and our parents know each other. And and he was giddy, talking about the relationship that he's had with Stastny. And then the other question was, was there truth to the idea you were recruiting him to Montreal? And he kind of backed away from that. But you can see, between what we heard from Stastny, what we heard today from Pacioretty, if they said it directly or indirectly, what in one year this organization has accomplished in establishing itself as a primo destination yes. for free agents or trades. And they made two huge moves here in the offseason, yeah. bringing in Paul Stastny and now the trade for, for Max Pacioretty. And as the guy said uh, earlier today, Pacioretty had his media availability, his press conference uh, welcoming him to Vegas, and he also had time to catch up with Gary and Dan earlier this afternoon. Welcome to Vegas, Max. First of all, uh, you got to the rink today. Just tell us about uh, arriving in Vegas last night and then arriving at the rink today and what it's been like so far. I got in uh, I got in late. 
I'm just still so excited though. I couldn't really sleep. Slept a couple hours, uh, woke up at five, a little bit jet lagged, went for a walk, wandered into the rink and uh, you know, the guy working in the front was like, do you want to go see your locker room? And I said, sure. So I was walking around the locker room. Uh, no one was really there. A couple of the trainers at, you know, 5.30 this morning. And I uh, was just completely blown away by uh, everything that was here. Um, I went back and, you know, laid down a little bit and, and came back and met all the guys and, and was even more blown away to see, uh, you know, the atmosphere. And, and uh, I think the guys really appreciate um uh, the setup that they have here. There's nowhere in the league that has that, and I think it leads for uh, a lot of guys smiling and a lot of good conversation. Max, uh, talk about some of those guys. Uh, you knew some of them coming in. Yeah. Who are some of those guys you have relationships with? I know Staz very well, Paul Stasny. I uh, played always with him on Team USA. I know Flower from the summers. Um, we have the same agent now, but we, we always trained and skate together in the summer, and, and uh, our wives know each other now, and and um, I'd met Reeves this year at, at a wedding. Um, I'd spoken to a couple guys uh, previously. It's, uh, it's a really good group of guys. You can tell right away that everyone's on the same page. So I'm welcoming with open arms the first day and I'm excited to be a part of it. In 2012 with the World Championships, you and Stastny combined for 21 points in eight games. What works between you guys? He's a very reliable player. I think at the center position, that's always something you want, especially uh, um, you know, when someone uh, likes to take off sometimes, you got to know that Staz is going to be back there and he's going to get the puck and throw it up to you. I think he's a guy that slows down the game, which is huge also for me. I think I like to buzz down the wing and, you know, sometimes you delay, you find him. But also his poise with the puck is what I've seen second to none. His, uh, his poise and his hockey sense are, are why, you know, every team he's on, you know, guys are fighting to play with him. And uh, a big reason why, uh, you know, Vegas wanted to go out and get him. You've been very quietly productive is kind of the best way to describe it. You're the, the third leading goal scorer in the NHL in five-on-five situations since 2011-12, but the lack of playoff appearances during your time in Montreal has kind of kept you off that, that big-time spotlight. How eager or anxious are you to play with a team that potentially, they just went to the Stanley Cup final last year, and with the addition of yourself and Statsny, arguably are a better team. How excited are you to get into that spotlight? I'm so excited um, to be here. That being said, I don't. I think the reason why this team has success is because no one's really in the spotlight. And, and that's my goal, and it's always been my goal as a player is to have success, be a good teammate, but not really be in the spotlight. And I think that might be a reason, might be a reason why they went out and, and maybe were attracted to me because I'm not looking for that spotlight. I'm looking to, to play hockey, go about my business, be a good teammate, and win hockey games. And, and I could tell right away today it's a, just a different vibe. I haven't been in a locker room like this, uh, you know, where guys are, you know, genuinely happy to be here and happy for each other. and. And um, it's something that I'm really, really excited to be a part of. Yeah, three years ago, they gave you the captaincy in Montreal. Talked earlier this morning about what that meant to you. And there's a 23 captains here. You yeah. mentioned that several times today. Why is that important? It, you know what? The captain of the Montreal Canadiens is a huge honor. And it's something that I'll always cherish and remember. Um, things got a little bit crazy there at the end. Um, but that won't take away my positive memories. That being said, given the way things have gone uh, lately um, for me and for the team in Montreal, I'm just so excited to be a part of a group where, you know, there's no expectation for me to come in here, be the captain. Um, they have, like they said, like I said, they have 23 leaders, 23 captains, and we're all on the same page. I told you, and I'm not, and I'm not just saying it to say it. I, I felt that today. I felt it with the coaches, with the management, with the players. And um, it's going to be exciting. I couldn't think of a better setup for myself. Opening night is October 4th. What will that be like for you? It'll be special. It really will. I hope to have a lot of uh, friends and family out here for that. I played 10 years in one organization, and I'm very thankful for my time there. And, and I'll always you know, remember it in a, in a positive way. That being said, this chapter of my life is something that I'm very excited for. My family is really excited for. My kids. Um, it's going to be a very special night for myself and good opportunity to start on the right foot.
So Max Pacioretty joining Gary and Dan, the newest Golden Knight earlier today at City National Arena. He is our SLGND guest of the day, brought to you by Rock Creek Cattle Company, which is a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. And this working cattle ranch sits on 28,000 acres of land and has a little something for everyone, including world-class golf, fly fishing, horseback riding, hunting, and lots more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available now. You can check it out at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. So we opened it up uh, to you know fans, listeners of the podcast, to uh, send us some of their questions, Dan, with a mailbag today. So we figured uh, with everything that's been going on with this team over the last few days, let's get to... Uh, get to as many of these questions in the mailbag as we can yeah it sounds good we've got a lot of tweets which is great we really appreciate it we'll start with at vgk fans who asked do you believe that the tuck stastny pacioretty second line will be an improvement over neil howla perron and how so of course that assumes <laughs> that you're going to have tuck stastny and pacioretty uh, we should probably address that part of the question uh, I think we can assume that, guys. Is that Stashny and Pacioretty for yes. sure will be there. Uh, winger, I think we maybe you may see a bit of a revolving there. I until think there's a, a fight going on. Yeah, to play with and those that's two what guys. You, yeah, that's what camp preseason's for. I think you're going to see Hell. You're going to see Tuck and possibly someone else. You never know. That's that's what a training camp is about. Preseason games, figure it out. Even the first part of the regular season. Those guys are experienced enough and talented enough that a kid could come into camp and find a little chemistry for them and earn himself a job on this team. Because mm. imagine if you could go with Halla and Tuck on the third line and have right. someone else up yeah. there, uh, you know, t- and, and then all of a sudden you've got balanced scoring for three lines because Halla and Tuck fit well together last year. Whenever Tuck had to go play with that line, that's when he was more productive than ever than ever before. So maybe there are three duos, you know, well, we know the top line is going to be Smith, Marcia, so and Carlson. But now maybe you have a couple of duos that you put together, Pacioretty and Stadsny, Tuck and Halla, and then you surround people around them. We'll see. Curious to see, too, Dan, about, you know, with all this going on, where is Eric Halla mentally with all this, right? He, he's lost his two line mates from last year via free agency. They went out and signed a center to play basically second-line center in Paul Stastny. Then they, then they acquire Max Pacioretty. You know, is there going to be some massaging of... Did they put him on the wing on that line to start it out and see how it goes? That would not surprise me. He scored 29 goals last year. Right. You know, and and Alex Tuck scored 16. So, uh, and you've got a legit centerman and a fantastic triggerman in Pacioretty. You know... It's an upgrade, too, to answer the other part of the question. I love James Neal and David Perron, but Stashny and Pacioretty are upgrades. Well, we know that... uh, that Vegas's second line defensively was deficient last year, yeah, among yeah. among exactly. the, among the worst in the NHL in terms of goals against. Uh, so obviously, you know, I think that is why they wanted Stashny. They saw him in the Western Conference Final and had seen him throughout his career. He's a responsible player. Uh, Pacioretty, the not there's no knock on him defensively. He's uh, he's a guy that can skate, can kill penalties, can do all of those things. So I think they got faster. Uh, has has a has a line with yes. the addition of uh, of Pacioretty and, and Statsny, and I think they got better defensively. And we kind of addressed this, but real Jake O'Hara asks, where does Halla fit in, and whether that's at even strength or on special teams? I guess it's a we're, we're, <laughs> we don't know exactly. That, well, that's going to yep. be up to Eric Halla. Yeah, yeah, a right. lot of this, yeah, depends on the player, and, and that's. I always think it's great motivation, and I think it's great for an organization when you have the competition like this in camp, that it doesn't just sit on the young players trying to find a spot, that it sits on the veteran players trying to establish where they fit in the lineup. That just, to me, builds the team. And it also, Alex Tuck, one year, great season. He doesn't, to me... You don't just give it no. a top six position to a player like that. Make him earn it. This is, I think that for Alex Tuck, he, you know, I don't know what was in his mind all summer, but when he arrives at camp and the names go up on the board and he's on the third line, that should be incentive. That should be inspiration. Because, let's face it, you make your money. Scoring points in the National Hockey League, and the best way to score points is to be in the top six. Wish somebody would have told me that. (laughs) (laughs) 
points, you say. Points. points. Too late Damn now. Out. Too Sorry, late. Shane. How about Pims? Damn. <laughs> Too late now. Yeah, and, and I, I'm sure that when Stastny was acquired, Tuck is probably thinking of himself playing alongside oh, Stastny, yeah. but well, then it's complicated. You don't when just you hand out those positions. Like, this right. is, there's yeah. a golden ticket. Oh, there's a pun going there <laughs> to play with Stashney and Pacioretty. Yeah. You got how many guys lining up for that opportunity? George McPhee talked about it earlier in camp, and he was talking about it in terms of the younger guys. Yeah. But it it goes for the older guys. They're going to decide that. And if Hall is able to handle this, um, you know what has been, I'm sure, a lot for him to process over the last couple of months. If he said, "Look, I want to be part of. I want to be in the top six, then that's that's up to him. Yeah, and top six is an interesting term. I think we've talked about this the last few days. All of a sudden, if your roster is deep enough, right. you know, top six, your third line could be as productive as your second or your first. Absolutely. And you remember the beginning of last year when you saw Marcia, so Carlson, and Smith finally emerge as a line when Gerard wrote them on the board. They were still number two for a while. You know, it took. Yeah. And eventually, it was clear that well, you they don't were you don't one. win without more than that. And I hate to bring it up, but we saw the depth from the Capitals, yeah. where a couple of their big sure. goals come from in the final. Mm-hmm. You know, Eller and mm-hmm. Smith Pelly. So, speaking of which, VGK seven o two Alex G asks similar kind of question, but addresses the bottom six with the acquisition of Pacioretty. I think the biggest question mark revolves around the bottom six. Does Halla move down to third line center, and where does Eakin and Belmar fit in? Sick. I think you're going to see those, that's your third and fourth line center to start. I think there's a, there's a big cast of characters in this. And, and everything gets pushed down. Like, you know, if you got Tucker Halla playing in that position, uh, you know, is Nosek. I think there's a, more of an offensive side to him. You could see him at center. Uh, Daniel Carr's coming to line up. Ryan Carpenter, who had a great, you know, uh, time here last year. He's going to be fighting. Will Carrier trying to get in? Ryan Re- like. This is that competition, competition. we're talking about. No. You've got to fight for a spot, and that that makes your club a lot better when you have guys competing to fill out the bottom six, top six, whatever. And the better your top six is, the better it gets down to best, good top nine, good top twelve. And the, you know, any coach would tell you that too. Like the worst position to be in is when you really don't have any options. Yeah, right. When it's easy decisions. Yeah. Well, this this is our lineup, and there's not much from game to game. We we can change. Whereas to have hard, options, an enormous advantage for him. Hard decisions are hard because yeah. you have two good options. Right. Easy decisions come because you've got. <laughs> I guess I guess there are hard decisions when you have two bad options too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like this is crap and that's crap. Yes, too. exactly. Kind of like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, so but I do think that that will really give Gerard Gallant and his coaching staff an edge. And it's something that continues throughout the season. You're scared to go on a slump or uh, or, or not be effective or or take a night off because there's someone below you in the lineup that's ready to tap you on the shoulder and say, get out of the way, bub. And we didn't mention some names outside thinking. You know, Peary came in and played well. Uh, we've seen uh, Gage Quinney, who I'm sure we'll probably bring up here later in the questions, who's been... You know, it's a long way for him, but step one was stand out in the rookie tournament, and he certainly did well, that. Well, that's what Alex Tuck did last year, right? Alex yeah. Tuck came yeah. to the rookie camp, was the best player in L.A. At, uh, uh, for those two uh, for those two rookie games, and then just carried it on throughout training camp. Uh, and let, Let's talk about Gage Quinney for a second, because uh, the Golden Knights do play their first preseason game on Sunday at home at T-Mobile Arena. I don't know if George McPhee is into the into the dramatics or not, but uh, wouldn't it be fantastic to see him in the lineup? Yeah. Okay, so we've established the Pacioretty questions. Yes. I think we've answered most, yeah. if not all, of them. So let's pivot slightly. This is from at Erskine Ask. Okay. Say again. Uh, yeah. Can you spell, I'd spell that? it. That's okay. <laughs> we'll 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 move on. Here's the question. I think our forwards look great, but. We are still weak in defense. Do we still have a chance of trading for Eric Carlson? <laughs> Gary? Oh, I mean, you always have a chance. I hope so. Gary, right? Uh, listen. I, don't, I don't know if I buy into it before we go about the week. I think I don't, yeah. this is a team that defends by committee, and I think they got, they've still got enough good pieces back there. You went to the Stanley to Cup final with that yeah, exactly. defense last year. Yes, mm-hmm. Nate Schmidt, but that, sure did. it's like an injury. He's coming yeah, back. He's they, coming they, back. They, yeah. they missed their top goalie for 25 games. Um, Well, to me, I think, and this, Shane and I had this discussion last night on the telephone, you've gone this far, (laughs) you know, you've got, you've got your hands on your chips and you're moving them towards the middle of the table, or you've got half your chips in, why not get them all in there? And that would be to acquire Eric Carlson. And uh, now the caveat here is 
George McPhee can want Eric Carlson all he wants. He's got to have a partner on the other side. And Pierre Dorian and Eugene Melnick have proven to be very difficult trading partners, not just with the, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Dallas Stars, and the San Jose Sharks, all teams that have been very close, according to media reports, to acquiring Eric Carlson only to have their hopes dashed at, at one moment or another. So uh, now Darren Dreger, who is uh, very good at his job, has reported today that you know, there is a word going around the Ottawa Senators that this deal needs to be done in the next 48 hours. So, um, and I think that, you know, Eugene Melnick's I don't know what to call it, but... Oh, are we uh, going to bring this up? I thought uh, that's a whole other podcast in itself. <laughs> he had this... Video uh, presentation. Had this video presentation yeah. the other night with one of their players. Oh, my. And there nice. were some questions asked, and he referred, said that the team was in the dumpster <laughs> at the current moment and said they're going to play 10 rookies this year and 15 next year and maybe... Maybe more than extra. I guess they're going to trade some of their rookies at some point in time to get rid of them to get to this magical jersey to get to this yeah. magical number. <laughs> Buy your tickets uh, now. <laughs> so it looks like Eugene Melnick is more than willing to get yeah. uh, Eric Carlson's salary off the books. There is a report that they have sold four thousand season tickets. Their arena holds nineteen ish. That's very sad. I played there four yeah, years. And yeah, it is. It is. It is sad to see. 2000, 2004 is sad to see yeah. the state it's in now. So it looks like Ottawa is getting closer to wanting to get to the altar with somebody. Now we won't we won't use names or or we won't use names in having these discussions, but, you know, what are you willing to send for Eric Carlson? Are you willing to, to put a first-round draft pick, a, a prospect, and a roster player into the mix to get him? Are you willing to take that Bobby Ryan contract? If that if they're still insistent on doing it, there was a story um, last night on NBC, uh, you know, showing, showing the numbers, how the Golden Knights could take on Carlson and Ryan's. Now, the thing is, is if you trade a lot for Eric Carlson, you have to be willing then to, to make him an $11 million player for seven years, uh, you know, prior to the end of next year. Because if you're going to, as we just saw, George McPhee would not trade for Max Pacioretty unless he knew he could get an extension. The same thing goes with Eric Carlson. You're not going to make a deal for him unless you know you're getting him long-term. And then, if, but if you know you get him long-term, then it makes maybe a roster piece or two expendable, and maybe it makes a prospect expendable. If you know you're going to have a guy who's won Nor- two Norris trophies on your blue line, how old is he, 27? Uh, on your blue line for the next seven years. And if you're the Golden Knights and you just wrapped up your rookie camp and you saw how yes, Nick Hague played and you saw how Eric Branstrom played, um, and all right, Probably not ready right now. Fair enough, but if they're a year or two away, they're not far. I'm telling you, from far, what I know, it's right? early. We got to see another step, and their develop their yes. curve and development on the upswing is at a level that it's it, it's probably sooner than later. So does that factor into your thinking? Look, if you're Ottawa and you're going to trade the face of your franchise, you need something very tangible in return. And to me, I think you're right, Gary. It's going to take a roster player and probably a first rounder and probably a prospect. Otherwise, you know, to to sell that to your to sell but that. But does to your it friend. if Melnick gets the dump Ryan's contract? Well, but so th- this know. is where it gets interesting because <laughs> it has become a bit of an arms race in the Western Conference. Yes. You know, San Jose went and got Evander Kane, uh, and then you know you, Dallas has loaded up with a bunch of guys, and now now the Vegas Golden Knights they say, okay, we'll see your Evander Kane and. We'll, we'll rise, raise you with the Max Pacioretty. The Winnipeg Jets re-signed Blake Wheeler, kept him in-house. All of their young players, probably going to take a step. They're going to get better, too. So St. Louis, uh, Calgary. St. Louis, Calgary. Calgary. Everybody got a little bit better. Now, the Golden Knights we've established have gotten better, but to get over the hump, does it take adding a guy like Eric Carlson to really make you – the favorite in the Western Conference. Wait I'll tell see. you what, it would be fascinating. Uh, now, but again, I don't like Shane. I don't want to sell short the defensive core that the Golden Knights used last year because they were very effective. They are, but now, Eric Carlson does upgrade. Right, and that being said, Gary, <laughs> as it, yeah, he's pretty good. As of right now, no Schmidt for the first twenty games, and as we sit here, no Shea Theodore right now. I mean, that could change. 
fine. But, and I know they did a lot of it was by committee, but they're missing two pretty good guys back there, at yeah. least, you know, where the Theodore thing works itself out or not, we may to be seen. Which leads us to our next question, which is from at 5,000 investors who ask, what are the defensive pairings going to be as of right now, or at least until Nate Schmidt comes back? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I, I think I think we need to see. I think the next, like Gary said, I think there's a window here of about 48 hours to three days, that, and we're not going to hear anything about Shea Theodore in that time, I don't think, and we're going to wait and see how this plays out. You know, some of the fascinating games behind the game that you don't, we don't talk a lot about, so Eric Carlson is represented by Newport Sports. Jay Theodore, represented by Newport Sports. How about that? Why <laughs> Newport Sports and Saudi on both contracts? <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll Don, Don Meehan is in effect, you know, uh, the GM of two teams right now. Yeah. Uh, when you when you look at it in in that way, so uh, it. Um, Who's the agent of Patchetti and Stashney? Alan Walsh. There you go. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Statsy's no. with Matt Cater. Oh, you're right. Uh, Fleury, Fleury and yes. Pacioretty are both with, uh, both with Alan Walsh. Yeah. Uh, quick reminder for you, friends, that the hashtag SLGND podcast brought to you by Foley Food and Wine. Bill and Carol Foley have created the Foley Food and Wine Society to celebrate three of their greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding destinations. And as a member of their society, you'll have access to their entire portfolio of properties around the globe. The Foley Food and Wine Society offers an exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to enjoy the finer things in life. And they look forward to hosting you during your next visit. On with the mailbag, Dan. Okay, well, this one comes from Bottle Rocket Hockey. Bottle Rocket Hockey asks, what was each of your favorite moments from the rookies at the tournament? Who most impressed you guys? Well, we kind of, we've touched on this a little bit. I think, I don't know if I have one in particular. I think, you know, watching Nick Hague shoot the puck, but only just his ability to get around the ice for a big guy. To me, it's, it's the strides he's taking, and it is a strike. He's a better skater. He's more efficient. Gary's gone, knows a lot about that. Eric Brandstrom, just uh, his elite level to skate with the puck with his head up. That is something that is hard to teach. Everything he does is head up. Uh, so th- those two really stuck out. And, and, and unfortunately, you guys got to see, I think Cody Glass got better as it went on and it probably had his best game in the last one. Uh, but for me, as a former defenseman, watching Hagen Brandstrom, their ability to move the puck, uh, to be both excellent. Hag's a better passer than I thought. Uh, Branstrom has elite offensive instincts. And you got to say the same thing about Hag. 35 goals in Ontario Hockey League, and then he scores four in the first two games. He has an absolute cannon for a shot. The four guys they drafted last year, the top four, all right, in 17, of Glass, Suzuki, Branstrom, and Hag. You know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, in the games we saw anyway, Shane, Suzuki was four out of four in that group. You know, he didn't, he wasn't much of a factor in the first game. I know he played wing the second game. He wasn't, you know, very noticeable. And I know it's a small sample size, but those three guys. And the other thing we, we kind of touched on a little bit, Shane, is Suzuki and uh, Hagen and Branstrom. They're not ready just yet. But I think the hope is if they're ready next year or later this year, you know, they're going to be the next wave of guys back there, right? Shea Theodore, you know, if he's part of this and they can reach an agreement. You know, Derek Englund's only going to play another year or two, right? They, they want to have the next generation of guys, and that's the thing that you look at, especially those two guys in the back end, and say they got two good ones. There. Well, you look at the back end and you've, you know, Hag, Branstrom, Zach Whitecloud, Xavier Bouchard had, had there's a lot of potential there. Coglin, I, I really liked his play. Coglin, um, you know, there's there is lots there in the pipe. And now now you've taken Suzuki out of the mix, um, you know, a little less I think in the forward area. So uh, that you know, but they they McPhee still has lots of picks. He's got a ton of picks going forward the next couple of years. It will be very fascinating to see sort of you know where these guys go or. If McPhee looks at that group of blue liners and says, I can afford to part with one of these guys to get an Eric Carlson or someone of that, that's that's his strength right now. In terms right. of his prospects pool, prospect pool, the blue line is his strength. So because of that, I would guess that Cody Glass is probably untouchable. Here's a question that's similar but, but a little bit different, and this comes from Preston Caldwell. And this isn't so much who impressed us the most, but... Based on the rookie faceoff, which players have the best shot 
of skating at T-Mobile Arena at some point this season. Might not necessarily be the oh, best players, point. but but who might, you know, based on need, based on opportunity, um, numbers sometimes. Well, I think what we saw out of Gage Quinney, you know, I, look, he's, he's played two years pro, right? Played yeah. in the East Coast League, played in the American League. Um, you know, we talked earlier about the bottom six. He was terrific in that tournament. So, you know, all right, now what's the next step? How's he going to be when the main camp opens on Friday? I've got to believe he's going to get in some exhibition games. How's he going to How's he going to do against other teams' better players? But if you're looking for a guy that's potentially going to, I don't know if he makes the team out of camp or not, but that might have an opportunity to play, you know, be a role player for this team, he did a lot of good things, a lot of good things in the games we saw. Well, Jake Bischoff did not play in, in the rookie tournament, but it will be. He played in the American League last year for the Chicago Wolves. He'll be. He's at main camp with the Golden Knights. I think of that group of young D. If one guy is going to start with the Golden Knights because of Schmidt being injured uh, or being suspended, and Theodore, whether or not he signs before camp, if you had to add, add a guy, to me it would be Bischoff because I don't think at this stage in their career it's a good idea for Hag, Branstrom, or Whitecloud to watch games. And one of the, you know, they're going to carry 8D. Nick Holden is going to be one of their top six. Um, so uh, you've got John Merrill around. Like, so uh, what what job will be available? Will it be seven and eight or eight? You know, depending on what Theodore does, we'll find out. But I think Bishop, for me, probably the logical guy because the other guys need to play. Not that Bishop doesn't, but they need to play more because they're just turning pro. I just I haven't you, to me I you can't predict from a rookie tournament. Yeah. I need to see I want to see the big boys yeah, on the right. race. Yeah. I want to see I need to see main camp. I and that's not even I need to see preseason and not one or two. You need to see them progress throughout the preseason. Show they want it. That's when the big boys come out. Like do you want Nick Hag? No. Facing Connor. Well, you want, Con- you want you, I facing Connor McDavid. No, I mean on a regular basis, yeah. though, right? Do you want to do that to a young player right off the bat? If he can handle Playing it, ten minutes a night. If no, he can handle it, great. But if if he's not ready for it, you know, then Rocky Thompson talked a lot about fundamentals, teaching these players the right angles, how to use their stick. That's the American Hockey League is the place to learn. It's more of a teaching league than the National Hockey League. I got a follow-up question from at Dan underscore Duva. That is, <laughs> we had some surprises last year. For instance, who would have guessed Jason Garrison would not make the big club? Yeah. And I wonder, you know, we're taking some guys for granted. I, I wonder if we are. And is it possible that some, some familiar names on last year's Golden Knights find themselves on the waiver wire or maybe in Chicago? Well, I think at the forward position, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. for sure. They got yeah. a lot well, of We just talked about there's there's too many that's, guys. That's having depth. That's having you know? internal competition. And a guy like Pierre-Edouard Belmar, he may have to move in over to the wing. You know, which I don't think would be a, a bad thing for him. I think he could figure that out, handle that out. But if, yeah. you know, if Halla drops to the to 3C, you got to think Cody Eakin is going to get a little bit. Cody's not a winger. We saw that last year. He's got to play in the middle. So does he go 4C, and does Belmar move over to the wing to play with him on that fourth line? Or is did George McPhee say, I got too many of these guys. Someone's got to go and make a trade. Yeah. A lot of people think you'd be better off playing Nosek at center, right? You know, he's somebody that's that's been a pretty versatile I'd guy. Like I mean, to see him, I'd like to see him at center for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, so, but I is he going to play in front of those guys that Gary just ran down? Probably not. I think the one thing that Nosek was told when he left camp last year, or le- left left Vegas at the end of last year, was you got to improve your foot speed. This isn't the American League. This is the National Hockey League. And, and it, we saw him in the playoffs when the spotlight got hot. He really reveled. He 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 enjoyed playing at that at that well, time he did of it the year. year before. Exactly. He led Grand Rapids yep. in the American Hockey yep. League to the to the championship. And just in terms of just back for a second, Dan, these younger guys, you know, George McPhee's loath to do it. You know, his phrase is overcook them. And he's not going to force feed these guys. So we know that much. He, you know, to Gary's point, he'd rather see Haig and Branstrom and White Cloud and Coglin all play regularly in Chicago than come up here and sit up with us I do wonder, and watch. Though, I do wonder, and I go back to this, I talked about it earlier, like what if Cody Glass got a shift on the wing with 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 that's what camps with, for with right? Eddie and and Statsny, and it worked. You I've know seen what I mean? it happen, and and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now we now we've got something interesting. And if you can have a guy play on his entry level contract up front, 
And that means maybe you can spend a little more money back on the back end. Yeah. And, and here's the question that, that comes from Ice Time Hockey SW, and this is specifically about will Eric Brandstrom stick with the NHL team and will he get preseason game action? I'll twist that question just a little bit. And we saw it last year with the Golden Knights. Some veteran guys playing with some rookie guys, and as camp goes on, you get closer to the day one, game one lineup. But to what extent might we see some of these young guys mix with those veteran bona fide NHLers? To what degree, and how much time might that be? Depends on them. And I think Branstrom's kind of the unique one because he has so many options of what he can do. You know, can he stick around for that for nine games and see what he does in the NHL? Even he's the guy you can afford to keep here and, and practice and learn from these pros. Then he can maybe go to the American or he could go to the Western Hockey League with the Brandon Wee Kings where he could dominate. Then he's going to go to World Juniors probably in December. That's the right path for him. But if he forces their hand and is absolutely, you know, unbelievable here throughout camp, then, you know, things can happen. You had the, uh, you were saying, Nides, during uh, the rookie games, they had the Tory Krug comparison a little bit. I, I think he's got a higher ceiling than Tory yeah. Krug. but uh, Not just, as physically, no. you know. Krug's a he pretty needs to get, thick guy. For, for a shorter, he, I think he's got the build yeah. to be stocky and strong enough to manage. Yeah. He gets in guys' ways. You don't need to throw big hits. But just to, when he carries the puck, the goalie scored, uh, I think it was in the second game, head up, fake shot, pulls it in, buys time. Seen that from a lot of other really good Swedish defensemen, those type yeah. of plays. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. say. All right, I got one more mailbag question. Thanks again to everybody. We, of course, couldn't get to all of them. But Michael Bauer asks... If we can touch base on who is most likely to back up Mark Andre Fleury this year, oh, I, I think it's going to be Malcolm Subban. Subban, right? Yeah, but I, again, again, this is this goes back there. There's competition. We'll right. see. We yeah. remember what Oscar Dansk did Oscar in very Dan. limited time. It was three games, but he got the first shutout in franchise history, and his injury kept him out the rest of the way. But he looked darn good in those handful of games, and he's a little bit older. Yeah. Well, Max Legacy. Grew more than any other player. Yeah, he played more of those year. games. Yeah. He, you know, he, and then when he left the NHL and went to the American League, he was excellent. And he's got a little swagger about him. And uh, um, again, you know, and when when Subban got hurt during the playoffs last year, it was Legacy that was uh, yeah. was the number two for a bunch of nights. And I don't think Gerard Gallant is uncomfortable with him. I think uh, Dave Pryor is going to be a busy guy at camp. Yeah, and when you look down the stretch, Oscar Dansk played really well. Uh, there are some guys yep. that I mean we we know who the number one goalie is going to be, but yeah, that one's locked in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the competition for that number two spot again, we'll we'll see what happens. Hey, I know this: you can never have too many goalies. <laughs> <laughs> we know that all too well. Yes. From take uh, a look, from ago. Vegas Golden Knights, October, November, December of last year. Yeah, down, right away. down to Dylan Ferguson, That's who right. walks around rookie camp like the wily old veteran. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What has he got, nine, nine, nine minutes under his belt? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the backup. He's he's saying, oh, I, well, I, I've been through this before. I've I, been know his, I, I remember when I was in the show. <laughs> Those were the days. Those nine minutes. Were... Well, some great questions here for the mailbag. We appreciate you sending them in via uh, via Twitter. Uh, a lot of things to cover here on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Up next. The guy who runs the show here at the D Hotel, Derek Stevens. Here we are at Andiamo at the D Hotel, table for four, little corner booth. We love our new gigs here, right, Shane? We, oh, we fantastic. Were, we, were, we were outside for most of last season, mm-hmm. uh, and we love that too, but this is a little more quaint gathering, and who better to have, have join us here than Derek Stevens from the D Hotel. This is a wonderful table you've given us here. Thanks so much. <laughs> well, this is great. I, I know it's all due to you. Great to see you here at, <laughs> at our wonderful steakhouse. Glad to have uh, glad to have the season coming up That's here. That's awesome. Love the corner booth. Uh, what's going on at the D? You've been busy this summer, and is it starting to you get NFL season going, and uh, obviously the NHL not far away, too. Yeah, no, we're uh, you know we're excited. Uh, it's, uh, it's the fall, so that's really when uh, Las Vegas really starts picking up again and uh yeah it's been a, it's been a great start to the fall with uh with uh football kicking in and uh conventions coming to town and uh, everyone's out and about every night so uh it's, so we're, we're happy well that's awesome and you gotta feel the excitement and uh, you know we'll probably jump right to it let's uh the golden knights what they did last year but jordan fees talked about it they're, they're looking forward that's gone they're not looking back i think he referenced dave that the, the rear view yeah. mirror in the car is gone 
They, they don't want everybody to look forward. And what better way to do it than make a blockbuster trade and bring in a perennial 30-goal scorer like Max Pacioretty? What does that do for the excitement here in this city? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I had uh, I had the opportunity right as this, uh, as this story broke. You know, here in Las Vegas, this story broke pretty late at night. Yes. And... Uh, and the very next thing you know, in the morning, everyone's texts are going off <laughs> and uh, all kinds of questions and what's going on. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, it, it jump started a, a whole lot of a whole lot of excitement around Las Vegas. That's for sure. Must be awesome, Derek. You know, we talked about it. We did our little Facebook live um, the night of the trade. There was a rookie game. Then right after the game, we uh, the four of us, myself, Shane, Dan, and Gary, did a little breakdown of everything. And so here's a team that went to the final in their first ever year. And before their second ever training camp, they were able to make a trade of this magnitude from a, you go to all the games from a fan perspective, what's that mean to see that the organization all in like they are? Well, you know, uh, for us, uh, I'll tell you my first emotions on it. My first emotions were, uh-oh, there's, it's only a one-year contract. Wait, there's got to be more to the story, right? <laughs> so that was that was the first thing. We were all we were all wondering about that. And then, and then um, we had an opportunity to think through uh, – you know, Nick Suzuki, just because he was under 21, he came out to an awful lot of the watch parties last year when we wasn't traveling with the team. So we got to know this, I mean, really nice young kid. Yeah. And, uh, we, you know, we're thinking about him. And then uh, with uh, Tomas Tatar, uh, he actually was a fellow that I think probably ate in this restaurant more than anyone <laughs> because he came, he came early. He came as part of the Red Wings dinner when he was on the Red Wings when they played in Las Vegas. And then once he came to Las Vegas, uh, I think this might have become his favorite restaurant. So uh, he was here. So so we kind of thought about this from the personal side. But then all of a sudden, you know, we start thinking about the hockey side. Like, whoa, this is the Canadians captain here. This is uh, this is really for me coming up and asking you, like, how, how big a trade is it? I mean, we... You, you, you guys yeah. are the professionals. Well, it is. It's huge. You, to get an elite score in the NHL, and, and you're talking the lines, and we've got stats we've talked about, you know, over the last six seasons, we're talking about a guy that's top 10 in NHL goal scoring. Over, I think, since the 2011-12 season, yeah. he's third in even strength goals behind Ovechkin and Tavares. And I think he's tied with Sagan and Kane and one out. Like, that's, you talk about company, you're talking about, the elite goal scorers and to get somebody like that to to come in we know what that top line carlson smith marsh so but now you're following that up it's, it's 1a 1b or what and who's going to be that one night that's tough for other teams to defend that type of attack now they got a stashney and a patch ready on a line and then whether it's howl or tuck and that just brings depth to that whole now your bottom six is even deeper because your top six is so strong so i think it's a great move and you talked about nick suzuki Great young prospect. We don't know what he's going to be. All signs point toward he's going to be an NHL player. Could possibly be a great one. But that's two, three years down the road. This is a team, they proved it last year. They're in the now, and I like the fact that George Maffey's in the now. And, yeah. and I think fans should be too. You know, it's funny, Derek, when you think about it. Like It's a team that had a great run last year. And Max Pacioretty, was, he wasn't alone, but... You know, he, he, I think he really enjoyed the experience of coming to play here as a visitor, right? There was talk about, he had a quote about, uh, it was the, the most fun he's ever had playing on the road. And, you know, in talking to some of the people we were able to talk to, I don't think he had anybody else at the top of his list who was going to get traded. He wanted to come to Vegas, which I think just says so much about this organization and about the city that he played one game here last year with Montreal. But all players talk, right, Shane? They all know what Paul it's about Stashing's out here. Paul the same thing. They're yeah. attracting free agents. We talked about this, I think, last year. What does that mean to you people in Vegas and Golden Knights fans now that knowing you, you're attracting the top players. They they want to come here. Yeah, I know. that That's great. You know, I, I think uh, I think your comment about um, his quote after the uh, after the, the Montreal uh, Golden Knights game last season, that quote that he had went, went a little bit viral around, around town. And uh, I think I, I think fans already already love him without yeah. without him ever absolutely you know I mean just because that quote was so great and you're right I mean the attraction coming here and and obviously you guys know I mean uh, pretty unique town the the passionate fans are 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 terrific uh, no income tax is a is, yeah. is 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 something that I mean our owner Bill Foley has mentioned it as as, yeah. as an advantage to the team yeah. so there's so many great things then you throw in the weather and everything else yeah. like that I think this is this is great to see. Well, $28 million for the next four years after this and no state income tax. That goes a little bit. That goes a little ways, to say the least. Um, 
So what's up next? Uh, Fan Fest, right? September nineteenth. Yes. What's that all going to be about? There, we oh, know. Obviously, we've done a few we, events here. So. Right, right. Yeah. We are uh, we are very excited. I mean, this has evolved. You know, last year we did the Fan Fest on Fremont Street, and I thought it was a great hit, and the red carpet all the way down Fremont Street, and I think it was great for all the players and for the whole community. Um, the the concern that we had was that it's not big enough. So I think what we learned last year with the uh, with the uh, watch parties um, when when uh, when the downtown Las Vegas event got filled up, we're like okay, we can hold it we can hold it over here. And I think because of the watch parties last last uh, playoff season, it it made everyone feel real comfortable about doing it here uh, um, on next Wednesday. So I think this fan fest is going to be just a over the top we actually have uh gone out with the city and we've uh, actually rented a couple of streets around there because we expect a <laughs> massive crowd no you can well, rent a street I, that's, uh, the, that's, that's why i love it you do that? Vegas, and that's that's always your challenge you're in the business it's the entertainment capital as good and, and as outstanding as one event is the the challenge is always it's got to be bigger and better and for somehow you everybody always meets that in this city to, of upgrading and getting better every single time right right that's what uh that's what we tried to do so i think uh I think next Wednesday is going to be a awesome. pretty spectacular day for the community here and a great welcoming for some of our new players and, uh, and a great welcome home for the guys from last year. The rumor was today Max Pacioretty had a helicopter ride down the Vegas Strip. That was the word. <laughs> that was that he had a helicopter and all the they had as many marquees as possible saying, welcome, Max. It was almost like the welcome Shane got. I don't think Dave, 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 Dan, Gary, and I did not receive the same treatment. I'll say that. But in a good thing, because I don't think you'd get me up in a helicopter. That's true. That's true. Well, next Wednesday, so September 19th, 5 to 8, uh, the Fan Fest. And um, we all look forward to that. You know, we were part of it last year, part of the the uh, wrap-up party at the end of the season, too. It was just oh, off the charts. So, every time. Uh, we're really looking forward to that. Derek, thanks for the, uh, the table for four here, the corner booth. Great to see you with us and have you with us as always. Oh, Great to have you back, and boy, I can tell you, we're excited for uh, we're excited for the season. So great to see you guys. Awesome. Derek Thank Stevens you. from the D Hotel joining us here on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Always great to see Derek Stevens here at the D Hotel, and as we said, uh, we thank him for our uh, our table for four corner booth here at Andiamo, great restaurant here at the D Hotel. Uh, you'll get yourself a great meal, great service, uh, all the best here at Andiamo. So, just about going to do it for the Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave podcast. So we got so we got some things coming up though here, guys. Right, so uh, camp starts this Friday, the fourteenth. Um, somebody's going to be busy on the radio starting Sunday. Sunday, uh, 5 o'clock, right, Dan, along the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network against Arizona. Arizona Coyotes, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM here in Las Vegas. But you can visit VegasGoldenKnights.com and a couple dozen affiliate radio stations, too. So check it out. And, of course, online as well, VegasGoldenKnights.com. That NHL app has the audio. And tune in app. There's like a dozen ways to listen. Just got to pick one that's your favorite. No excuse not to No excuse. No excuse. Preseason, not preseason. Doesn't matter. We'll Doesn't be there. Matter. All seven games oh, will have on the radio. Yeah. Shane and I will be busy down. until the final two games. Busy doing what? I'm not really sure. <laughs> Practicing for the next podcast. Yeah, we're going to do the TV on the 28th against LA, the 30th against San Jose on AT&T Sportsnet. But before that, the Fan Fest coming up next Wednesday at the Downtown Las Vegas Events Center, 5 to 8. Next Wednesday, September nineteenth. What are we up there? Uh, yeah, MC yeah, and we'll, some we'll, we gotta dog do, we'll, and pony show. Yeah, the, okay. there's a whole big crew of people, but uh, we'll yeah. be a small part of it. Looking forward. It was uh, it was great last year. Every time we came down here, and uh, as I mentioned on the show, everything gets bigger and better every time. So it'll yeah. be a great, great time. They moved it as Derek Stevens told us. They had to move it over there because they were they feared they weren't gonna have enough room. Too many people. Much. Yeah, too many people. So. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, great uh, great to have this, uh, this spot here for us at Andiamo. Fantastic restaurant. The Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Day podcast, closing in on training camp in a couple of days. And we'll talk to you next time on hashtag SLGND. Mm-hmm.